Hi, and welcome to the Hand in Hand Show, where caregivers and survivors have honest discussions about stroke. We are a part of Stroke Focus Podcasts. This is Cam, your host. Today, Nancy and I are here with Patty and Henning van der Hooven, and we're going to talk about her stroke, her journey today, and how remarkable this is, and how she is facing an unexpected and some would say horrific change in her life. And she's continued though to flourish and move forward and not let this get in her way. Hello, Kathy and Henning. I welcome you to the show. You all as a couple are doing so many things. And Kathy had her stroke at the age of 21 and she was starting a career as a model, as a supermodel actually. Can you kind of tell us about that and how you've moved forward since that time? First, I want to say uh, I speak for Kati because Kati has locked-in syndrome, and that means that Kati cannot move uh, at all, or they say 95% uh, paralyzed. Kati's brain, the upper brain, works perfectly. So Kati thinks everything, she knows what's going on. Her body in principle, also works perfectly. So body could move, but her lower brain is so severely damaged that the messages from her upper brain to her muscles don't go through, so she cannot move. And uh, Kathy's muscle, uh, your tongue is also a muscle. So Kathy cannot move her tongue either, so Kathy cannot speak for herself. Kathy communicates with her eyes, and we spell out letters, words, and so on. And that's how she talks. So you'll be hearing my voice. I'll be talking for Kathy. And so I'll be answering for Kathy. But th- these are Kathy's uh, words. <laughs> yeah. So um, after the stroke, uh, it was, can you imagine, 22 years ago. Kathy was just 21 years old, start, uh, starting just not starting a career, but at this moment that the real, her career was just taking off and she got a stroke. And at that moment in time, people didn't think that all, they thought that older people, people over 40 would get strokes and younger people wouldn't get strokes. So they ruled stroke out, didn't give her the right treatments. And at the hospital there, where she was, there was no scan to check her brain. So three days later, when they sent her to another hospital to scan her brain, and they realized that the brain stem was so severely damaged that it has, must have been a stroke, by then it was too late. There was nothing else to do. And so the third day was completely paralyzed for life. Did you have the signs of stroke, like the facial drooping or the speech, or was there anything that you know? Uh, before that, she had sometimes uh, dizziness and she did the facial not so much and the speech a little, but it, it was still till the last moment that it really got very bad. So it kind of suddenly, and at that moment, it actually cut his last words was that I don't feel like I don't have no energy at all. Was, uh, to, she said to her mom and after that, it was like the Caesar kicked in and yes. According to Patty's blog and what you just said, her body is in perfect condition and so is her upper brain. It's just the lower brain that's severely damaged. The signals don't go through. I understand that. And I'm going to use myself as kind of an example telling you that I understand. 
when I had to learn how to walk again, there was no connection between my legs and my brain. They would actually have to hit them to make me know that this happened. So do you have that part of the connection missing between the, the movement and? The connection is almost none. There, there is feelings, but the connection is almost none. She has a little bit of movement in her brain. It was the less reactions of the body. And those little less reactions you have, like the less reactions, like the leg stretching out. And that little piece of stretching, she can still do. And her reaction, okay. reaction was her body closing up, like protecting itself. And that reaction, she has a little bit that she can have that little movement. But not really that she can make anything move. I know that I have seen videos on some of the stroke pages of you, I think, exercising or at least, you know, working out and doing different things and, and standing. It's been a little while since I've seen one of them, but I think you were posting some of those on some of the sites. Yes. Yes. Videos you can find it on our YouTube channel. Um, she does standing therapy. That's for the muscles and the blood circulation. It's once a week, and also pool therapy, because mm -hmm. of course with help, because she can move her stretcher like a little, it's like, a, like little kicks, but she can and swim like that. She can push herself forward. If somebody holds her up um, in the pool, she can put, uh, push, uh, push herself forward. And that's one thing that she does. And so, you have a, so you have a YouTube channel? that you post yes. these on? It's under my name. It's Henning van der Hoeven. You'll find it on YouTube. So yes, we have a YouTube channel and Kathy has a, um, a website also. It's Kathy Lepisto, her maiden name. Lepisto is L-E-P-I-S-T-O. And on the website also, you can find all the information and you can find also the links to the uh, videos and so on. Okay, um, so you're also, Patty, a, a public speaker, and you've presented talks, TED Talks, and you are a blogger with the Huffington Post and many other forums, um, especially as it relates to stroke care and stroke care improvements. Yes, we do talk about, about life in general. Not, uh, not just stroke, uh, lock-in syndrome, but life in general also, because at certain point uh, we all are connected. So we do talk about, we try to bring uh, everybody together. Yes. And, and I do know that locked-in syndrome is not talked about a lot. I had no idea about it until probably a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know what I was researching, but I came across it just read a lot that I could find on it. Unfortunately, I don't always remember everything that I read, but um, I don't want to say it's fascinating, but it is how the brain works and, and these things happen and you can't communicate in normal ways. Like I said, there's not a lot out there, but you're, it sounds like you're getting more out to the public and, and to different areas. Yes, and, and there was one movie, a French movie made about locked-in syndrome many years ago, 
and it was a very depressing movie. So if you were to get, and most people that have heard of Lockdown Syndrome is because of that movie, and they have a very, very depressing view of Lockdown Syndrome because this, this man was very depressed. Yeah, it was in a different era also, that he was just like a festival. And yes. with Kati, you can see that uh, there's still life after Lockdown Syndrome. Right. Um, yes. We have to bring, it's not, not say the positive side of Lockdown Syndrome, but the, the positive side of life is you can still make life, make something out of your life, even though that you can imagine one of the worst things that can happen, which is Lockdown Syndrome. Oh, absolutely. I mean, stroke syndrome, even you just have to make your life. You have to move forward. You need to have a positive attitude. And I know that doesn't happen sometimes right at the beginning. Sometimes it's, it's a little further down the road, depending on what your disabilities are or how you yourself handle that. I have lots of questions. I'm interested <laughs> if we could divert things to the TED Talks for just a moment. And what was the topic of your talk? Uh, the topic of the TED Talk, that uh, presentation, because TED Talks, they have a topic, the presentation when they organize, they have a topic, and the topic was Imagine If, so we had to build a story around Imagine If. Okay. And so it was Imagine If you have a stroke and you're completely paralyzed, and how do you go on with your life, and we brought some points over how Kathy does, what Kathy does, and how Kathy moves forward with her, with her life. So yes, the TED Talk was Imagine If you get completely paralyzed. You get a stroke and you get completely paralyzed. None of us can possibly imagine what you've gone through. What do you think is the biggest challenge that you've had? And how did you find a method to go move through that challenge? What steps did you take to change your life so that you could have a better one now? I can answer also almost, almost every question by myself. We, we talk so much, and that's how we got to know each other, by talking a lot, a really a lot every day. Not, so I can answer almost, I, I, I know I can answer this too, but I always ask Kathy, do you have something to say or should I ask you? Kathy, um, of course, the first three years, Kathy was deeply depressed, and uh, she didn't accept uh, the situation. And of course, she tried alternative ways of getting a, a cure. And she did try, let's say, from very logical things to very little bit more crazier things, yeah? And at certain moment, by doing one of those craziest things, and uh, it was, I don't want to go into details, but it was like torture in a way, yes? <laughs> yeah. And at that moment, she realized that she cannot count on nothing else to, to help her get better. She has to have to do it by herself. And with that came acceptance of her reality. And as soon as she did accept that and start adapting to, to her situation and start moving forward, and then things start getting better. Um, the depression started to fade and yes, and then her spirit started to lift, lift up. And so it went on. So it was, I would say it was accepting reality as it is, that you're not going to be the, that old person again, and then adapting to the situation and try to be a better person in spite of uh, what has happened. 
I would agree wholeheartedly about that. Um, you know that my husband, John, had a stroke um, 26 years ago. And for us, the biggest issue was accepting that paradigm shift, that life was going to be different. There was no looking back. And so when we accepted that reality, life got better. And I think that acceptance of the paradigm shift is the key to beginning to create a new life because that's what it is. It's creating a new life. Yes. Um, you maybe cannot change things, but you do. You can adapt in a way and then make some changes through adaptation. Yeah, and then you develop a new way to be meaningful and valuable to the world. And I, I certainly believe that the two of you have added a lot of value to this world with your, the hope and inspiration that you have given to others. So next question. Yeah, I want to talk about how they met because I hear so many stories about um, people who've had a stroke and that they can't find a partner. And um, I know I have found my partner and I found him online. We found each other. So this is how you two met. So tell us a little bit about your journey in this. <laughs> Well, it was, um, and let me see how I can make it as, uh, as short as possible. <laughs> I, I saw Cutty's I picture on a, on a website and she didn't fit in at, uh, at, the, at that location. And I don't remember the message I sent her. I don't think she remembered either, but I just made a comment to her because she just, it, it looked a little bit out of place, a beautiful woman, a little bit out of place. And of course, at that moment, the, on the picture, you don't see the wheelchair or anything, just, just a beautiful blonde lady sitting there. And she, she checked out who was sending the message. And there, I had a, a song on my website which she liked, and she asked me about that song. And, she, and so we started to talk about music and then a little bit humor, and then we started to connect. And soon after that, we exchanged emails. By then you were chatting. There wasn't so much chatting on Facebook. You would chat on, on MSN. So we exchanged email and we started chatting and we were chatting almost, not almost, we were chatting every single day. So I could come back from work and before even I grabbed something to eat, I would put the computer on and we would sit and chat for hours. And like in the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, we will chat three, four times a day. And sometimes that even that I was, it even happened that I was some tired, sometimes I sorry, but I have to take a nap. She said, okay, but don't turn it off. Just take a nap there on the couch and I'll just keep chatting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how it began. And I, I can tell the truth from my side, there was not even a friendship that you said, oh, our friendship had started. It, it's something, something just clicked and it was something very good. We just connected in a way that I cannot explain. It was magic. It, yes. I guess you can say that. Well, I want to say that as you're talking about how you all met, Patty, you are just glowing. <laughs> and I know our audience will be able to see that part of it, but for us, just like Nancy said, it's magical. So who communicated for Kati before you, Henning, at this time? Who was doing the, the um, computer work for her? Uh, Kati can work on the computer herself, and that's oh. one of the things that 
Patty has a computer. The computer has two programs. It's, one is the grid and one is dragger. Dragger is a computer that can, she can move a mouse with an and She has an infrared camera on her monitor, which catches a reflecting dot that we put on her glasses on her for, on forehead, and it would move her mouse. And the grid has a keyboard on the screen, and then she can type and she can. So she can use the computer by herself. It's just that somebody has to bring her to the computer, put the computer on, but once that's done, she does everything by herself. Awesome, so, I had no idea. Yes, so everything that Kathy does on the computer, she does by herself. Yes, there's, there are videos on the YouTube also of that that you can look at, see how it works. Cool, very cool. I've got a whole list here that I'm looking at. <laughs> you know, the, the locked-in syndrome we know is particularly hard. Actually, I wouldn't even say particularly. I would say extremely hard. So how did two of you learn to deal with that? How, um, hitting it, right now, it just looks like you are so patient, and um, but you also really know Patty. But how did you guys learn to deal with this? How did you learn to deal with this? P-W-H-I-with-S-T-H-I with time, with time, slowly with time. It, it, it's a long procedure. Like I was saying before, it took Kathy like three, three years. It's so long ago and it doesn't seem like that, but it took three years before Kathy got from this woman that got a stroke and was depressed and everything to get out of that and get going. So it's not something that happened just like that. And it's step by step. It's not just something that happens in one day. And one of Kathy's uh, secrets are just to, like you see Kathy right now looking so nice. Kathy does this every day. Kathy does it. That's, that's one way for her to lift her spirit is every day she dress up nice. And she, even if she's staying home and working at the computer, she dresses up nice. And she mm -hmm. makes herself up and, and just to lift her spirit. Yeah. And that's one way of Kathy. Now, Kathy has also a lot of sense of humor. And when you're in this situation, you get the black sense of humor and you do not so much politically correct anymore because you don't need to be anymore. And so that sense of humor is also that helps a lot. And we both have it and that helps a lot. You can believe it, but in this house, we, you would hear a lot in syndrome house that people think most of the time we have people coming over, they, they're prepared for, to have a little bit depressing vibes. And then you come to a house that's very peaceful, very bright, very open. And immediately Kathy is laughing and we start joking. And it's a very light, relaxed uh, ambience. And, yeah. and that's how we deal with it. Most of it with, uh, with humor and just yeah, accepting things that, that this, is, this is our normal. Mm -hmm. Do you guys yeah. do, do traveling just for fun? Yes, we do for work and do it. we would like to do even more, but yeah, you, you do what you can afford. But yes, we do as much as possible. The one thing is that we live in Finland and you know, the winter is very long here. And that can be a very depressing because at certain moments uh, you're stuck at home for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But as we do as much as possible. Excellent. I think travel helps all of us take our mind off things. Yes. Well, I, you know, this is always interesting to me because Nancy, you and I have talked about this also because your husband had his stroke 26 years ago 
and Patty had hers over 20. And the care day is so different. So what do you see now, especially now, where the biggest opportunities improvements are? But I know years ago, basically, they kind of just said, oh, you had a stroke. Okay, fine. Bye. And there weren't the same, or at least here in the U.S., there weren't as many opportunities to recover, to recuperate. I know that there's a lot more now, but where do you think the biggest opportunities are for the improvements now? Uh, actually, um, when Kathy got her stroke also, uh, after they, okay, there was rehab, but after six months in rehab and that they couldn't, they helped her a little bit with it, that Kathy could do it. They saw that she had some movement in her jaw and she helped with this, that she can eat by herself and so on. But after that, they also said to like, put by an institute. But Kathy's parents decided, no, we don't do that. We take her home with us. And that's uh, Kathy's mother, especially, was a very, very much kept Kathy alive, kept Kathy moving and going and so on, and made a difference. But it was by then also here a little bit like, yeah, that is so, yeah, so good value. It's done. But uh, improvement, I think, like you say, all countries are different. Uh, here, the social care on itself is very good, but the human part, not so much. And then you find other places, the human part is better, and then the social care itself, not so much. But I think the improvement is understanding. Um, one thing we do notice that you say like, uh, lock-in syndrome, not much people know about lock-in syndrome. And what surprises more, surprises things more is when you travel, when you go places, that how much, how little people know about stroke itself, yeah. how the effects of strokes are. So, I mean, uh, more, um, more understanding to the situation, and especially stroke, because um, a lot of people think, oh, you're, you're doing something wrong, you're having a wrong diet or something, and you get a stroke, but actually stroke can happen to anyone at any moment. So it's something that we yeah. should know more about. You know, I have worked in hospitals and doctor's offices for over 32 years, and I thought I knew about stroke. Mm -hmm. I didn't. I, mm -hmm. I'm not a nurse, but I know enough to be dangerous because of all the stuff that I've gone through. I've worked with residents and fellows and doctors and, you know, all different situations, but I thought I knew stroke. And... I don't. I didn't learn really too much about stroke until after mine. And yeah. I realized I kind of knew, you kind of understand that you can have a stroke at any time, but you don't. Yeah. You know, you, you, you just don't, I guess, hear about it or hear about it enough or whatever. And definitely, as we said, not the locked-in syndrome. So um, I have learned so much since I had my stroke five years ago um, through people's questions, through the Facebook pages, through videos, through, you know, whatever I can find um, because it's, it's not what people think. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's journey is different, but we've all had a stroke and that's okay. Well, not really, but it is, yeah. you know, cause it's forward. <laughs> so anyway, but um, 
And this is probably something I should let Nancy ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. As a caregiver, what is your advice to millions of caregivers taking care of their loved ones who've suffered a stroke? First of all, I don't see myself as a caregiver. I see myself as Kathy's husband. And I don't see Kathy really as a stroke survivor. I see Kathy as my wife. It's a little bit different, difficult. But I think... Um, you have to understand, let go of the old uh, ideas of what is normal and create your mm -hmm. own normal. Uh, what one would find normal would be abnormal to somebody else anyway. So you have to just change. You, if you hold yourself to the old, like we talked before, like the old way of how things were, and hold on to this, it's always going to be difficult. Just accept that things are not going to be like that anymore. And this is the situation now. And accept it, and then you'll find a way to, ways to adapt it to it and go on. And I do understand that sometimes things get to be too much. And I don't think both partners should take in, in that into consideration that it can get too much at certain moments and somebody needs a break. And especially in the first years, Sometimes you really, you really need that break. You need to get off, go off for a while to collect yourself because it is hard. Yeah. And, but with time, it gets easier and you adapt. And yes, and, and it, gets, it, it does get easier. Trust me, it does get easier. You guys go out and you do conference presentations and things like that. What is the reaction to the people in the audience when the two of you come on stage? And what... What kind of emotions do you feel from the audience? I've been a performer for years, so I know I interact with audiences a lot. So I know that we get feedback from the often audience. Tell us about your experience with this. Well, in the beginning, of course, there is a sense of uh, even that you can call even fear. They're afraid of the situation. They, they, they don't know how to react. Mm -hmm. And they don't know... The one thing we do have is that Kathy, we are very spontaneous and we just are very natural. And Kathy always with a good humor and smiling and cracking a joke in between and lighting things up. And that, that inspires some, so much. And then it makes people to take a look at, at their own life and their own little problems that they worry about and realize that uh, there's more to life than the, to the, the little things that they worry about. And yes, it, it opens the eyes of people and opens their eyes to, also to their emotions mm -hmm. and brings them more in touch with their emotions. Those are the feedbacks that, uh, that I think most. Something else? Mm -hmm. um, those are what, what's the most thing. But at the, the first, at the beginning, always you get used to it, but the uncomfortable feeling that you have from the audience at the beginning is always like, well, it's like uh, you, you can feel it. You can see it in their eyes. You can feel it in the air. I agree. But, you know, it just takes a few seconds of looking at the two of you to sense all this positive energy. And it's just a pleasure to, to meet with you today. Um, in that same vein, what are the most common questions that audiences will ask you? What do they want to know? I mean, we, we deal with strokes, so we know. But what do these people know, ask that have never experienced any of this before? 
one of the questions that immediately because we talk with our eyes and one of those questions is immediately can you use a computer to talk in these things because i can imagine the, uh, the uncomfortable feeling that they could not could not communicate and to explain why we don't use it katik does have one of these devices but we, why we don't use it and why we speak like this with the eyes and these things and also they want always is there a quick cure is there something you can do and why why don't you uh, go and try to find all these kind of ways that you can get better. And it's hard to explain to them to, okay, there's only so much you can do. And at a certain moment, you have to choose also, am I gonna live my life just waiting for a miracle to happen? Then if it happens, then to live, or I'm gonna live my life, enjoy my life as it is. And it's things that it's difficult to understand. And I, and I understand that also that you don't, it's, it's their feelings, but yes, that those are the most reactions that we get. Okay, off, completely okay. off the beaten track. Who does the cooking? Kati does the cooking, actually. Awesome. Kati loves to cook, and Kati does the cooking. Kati has her assistants during the daytime. Their assistants here, one of them just came in right now. And she will cook and she will tell his assistant exactly what to do. Even when she has a recipe, she would say, oh, a little bit less of this, a little bit more of that and everything. And she's a very good cook. So Now, Kati, do you communicate with your assistants the same way that you communicate with Henning? Yes. Yes. I, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I wish we were doing this one on video because I wish that all of our listeners could see how this is happening today. It's so wonderful. So you travel a lot. Do you have an experience that's the most memorable for the two of you? I would think always, always the people that you meet along the way. Always, always. Okay. There's nowhere we go at certain moments that always people, most people are shy to come by, but the ones that come to us and then the experience that the sharing with that you get with these people, that, that's wonderful. That's always we make friends when we travel and that, that's the greatest thing of it. Okay, so you traveled recently to London. Um, can you tell us about it and what you guys discussed? And um, I, it was a conference and I guess there were panelists? Yes, it is. Um, the King's Fund um, in London, they have an annual um, summit, leadership and management. And King's Fund actually is a charity, a charity program for the NHS, which is the National Health Service of the UK. So it is, it is the Healthcare Service of UK having a, a conference and it was opened by their CEO, uh, Simmons, I think was his name. Stephen Simmons, uh, or Simon Stevens, he opened it up. But we went uh, mostly because as guest of honor and uh, supporting our friend Kate Allard, who also had a stroke and also had locked-in syndrome, but came out of it. And she was there uh, advocating for the patients and telling how, giving her opinions, how, how and, uh, the healthcare personnel can help the patients better and to see the patients more as human and how to motivate the patients and so on. And we were there uh, doing this sporting cage by doing this and 
we also at the same moment we are working also with another documentary uh, from Finland, Skalsisule Ani, which is it's the voice system. The documentary wants to bring forward the problems that people that cannot communicate verbally have and how to create devices so they can help them communicate. And we did that also some shots for that, filming a little bit for that during our visits there in London. Okay. Um, so, Kathy, what advice, and I think we've kind of touched on this, but what advice would you give to those who have had strokes to kind of encourage them on their journey? <laughs> I guess I guess what we talked about before already is it is acceptance. As soon as you accept the situation, it's it's not gonna gonna be the same again. Then you can start to adapt to the situation and you can become a better version of yourself. I think that that is the advice. And uh, although stroke is always gonna be part of you, um, don't and you can even make stroke your purpose in life. You can make it your work or your hobby, but don't make stroke your life. Uh, make uh, live your life and love your life for the other people around you. Live your life for them, and just remember, stroke is is part of your life, but it's not your life. You still have a life to live, so live it as much as best as possible, as good as possible. I really well, like that attitude. As reading from the blog, you say life is not easy. Everybody knows that it's a battle. It's a challenge. Anyone who dares to dream will get their hearts broken from time to time. And I sure had my share. But if you accept the challenge and rise to the occasion, anything can happen. Anything. Yes. I absolutely love that. Yes. And it is true. And it is true. You, we always have concepts like this must happen, and maybe that it doesn't happen exactly that way. But sometimes better things happen if you just keep your eyes open. And remember, life is a journey, not a destination. So live that moment and enjoy those little things. Yes. Well, I was just going to comment on one of the things about people in the world of stroke and TBI and extreme traumatic in injuries, we're like the poster children for those who survive and enjoy life beyond what the media tells us life should be. Yes. And when we watch television, we're, our expectations from the time we're a child are such, they go in one direction that others tell us how life should be. And those of us who get the opportunity to challenge that, I think we, we have something special that, that those other people don't get. And I'm okay. kind of grateful for that. Yes, uh, we sure are to both of us. And yeah. yes, and it, it is that people expect something else and sometimes doors don't open so easily because they have certain certain idea of what to expect and they don't, but as soon as like, they give us the chance and they come and listen and they see us in person and they understand the situation and how life is, then their view brightens and they learn that from a stroke patient or even locked-in syndrome patient that they have another kind of intelligence, another view of life that they can learn a lot of. From. Exactly, exactly. Something very special to give. Yes. 
Anything else you'd like to share with us that you feel might be valuable for our listeners today? Anything else? L K H E A E C W F A I T H. Always have faith. That's Kathy's word to hold. She closes all of it. Always have faith. Ah. Yes. Always have faith. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, I love you guys. You're such a cute couple, and you have such information to give. I, I just, uh, seriously, we've said this over and over again. I wish people could see you all together and to see you as giving, doing this interview because it's, it's wonderful. You speak English so well. Is that your first language? It's not, is it? No, it's not my first language. And so you're both bilingual. It's not, not either of us. Uh, my first language is, uh, I'm from Curaçao, where it's uh, an island. We have our own language, but it belongs to the Dutch kingdom. It's part of the Dutch kingdom. So officially, we have Dutch as our language. So we are bilingual. And Kati is Finnish. So Finnish is our language. But uh, I think we always, I, I don't know. Uh, as, as a child, eight years old, I could speak already four languages. So that helps. Oh, okay. So I could speak English from eight years old already. And Kathy always had a passion for languages. Kathy speaks also Swedish. Uh, she speaks. Yeah, but she speaks Swedish, um, German, English, and also Italian. So she speaks five languages, even though she doesn't speak both. So we both know our languages, and I think we work mostly in English, so it, it gets... Uh, I was going to ask if, if that the multilingual thing contributed to spelling issues with her eyes because that's kind of, you had yeah. to figure out the easiest language to. to I, I think in a way, not with everything, it, 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 I have, again, maybe probably going to give a talk about that, but the bilingual thing, it, it makes your mind in some way that it can change quickly, it can adapt quickly. And I think maybe that had also a role to play in that I can adapt quickly to a situation also. Awesome. We Americans are so lazy. We learn so few languages. I do speak more than one. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, I do too. Well, not so much anymore, but I did Spanish and, and just a little German and um, French and sign language. I did wow. all of those at one time. But when I didn't have anybody to speak with, I kind of lost some yeah. of it. So my numbers, yeah, my numbers start out in French, and I may end up in Spanish before they're done. I'm <laughs> 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 serious. I talk so much the few words that I remember in German get those mixed up with anything because it's such a different. I guess I, I call it so guttural. It doesn't get in with the French and the Spanish, no. but and sign language just goes with them all. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you all. This is the end of this hand in hand show for today with Patty and Henning Vanderhoeven, and um, we've had a wonderful time today. Thank you guys. Thank you again. Thank you, Nancy. Bye bye. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, 
please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. The website address is https colon backslash backslash www.strokefocus.net. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Wohala, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.